are back with another weekly show episode. Uh, got a got a little bit of uh, stuff to get through, so I think we, we just jump right into it, eh? Yep, I reckon. Um, oh. Should we start with the bloody good games of the week? I think so. I think Aussie Broadband might like that, considering yeah, they give our Broadband. internet. Yeah. Thank you. So we, I'm going to start with my game, because uh, I've got to set a bit of a scene for this before okay. I swap over, because like, this is young, straight jacket Jim, discovering the internet and discovering internet games. So... But back in the day, you spent a lot of time on Newgrounds.com, if anybody is old enough to remember that, or um, Armour Games. Armour Games are still around, but they, there's lots of like web games. A lot of these people probably end up making mobile apps instead. But this is where I discovered a uh, genre of games called Tower Defence. And it's just, you put your, your towers out and an enemy will come along, you've got to kill the enemies before they get to the goal. Um, but yes, you're right, Gamma. A lot of them probably not around anymore because a lot of them used Flash, and Flash is not around anymore either. Yeah. But um, but this game I saw in the Steam sale cost me ten bucks, and it sent me right back to it because this series of games called Bloons Tower Defense. I absolutely love this. Like it's just so good. Yeah, Charlie Golf knows what I'm talking about. Look at his face. Exactly. He, he, yeah. But it's just so much fun. It's. Like, you, you've got all your little monkeys, they throw darts, um, and they pop balloons. And the balloons travel along the track, the track trying to get to the end. And for me, it's, it's just a, a, a comfort game. I'm going to pause that. Um, but yeah, it's just a comfort game. Because I can sit there while I'm watching a streamer or something like that and just play it. And it's so much fun. I just... Yeah, I... I I can't describe like it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got a, got some good humor in there, and yeah, you just a monkeys popping balloons, and you've got different monkeys like standard mar- monkeys that throw darts, but then there's ones that freeze them or or towers like that just send out darts in every which direction, and support ones as well. So you get balloon, you get um. Oh, it's too hot in here. My brain is not working, but um. The, you get a banana for each layer of balloon that you pop because as they go along, the red balloons are one balloon and it's gone. The blue balloons contain a red balloon. Oh, um, so it takes a couple of extra shots yeah. to actually get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get upgrades for various uh, things, various monkeys that like pop multiple layers yeah. or there's glue monkeys that slow them down. And it's just, it's just really good strategy working out how to get all of these stuff through, through it. And like there's different... Um, difficulty levels for each map as well and different maps too. Well, so it's just, yeah. I didn't realise this until you told me. This is the sixth installment I know. of the game. Yeah. I didn't realise it was part of like a much bigger like franchise. It's come a long way. Yeah. It really, like when when I played it, the, the, the biggest one you could get was called a super monkey. And now there's like upgrades to the super monkey that give it the power of the sun pretty much. And it's just, ah, oh, it's so much fun. How many hours have you put into it now? Since reckon? I bought it last Friday, probably about... Go on, fess up. Six or eight, I yeah. reckon. Yeah, okay, that's pretty solid. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid. That's also because I also bought Horizon Zero Dawn in that sale as well, oh, which okay. I'll talk about not this week. But, yeah, this and for this week, Bloons Tower Defence 6 is my bloody good game of the week, thanks to Aussie Broadband. Absolutely love it. It's a good one. Good pick. Uh, my, my game this week is one that I found because uh, Twitch Rivals was happening last week and I was watching one of my... My favourite stream is Toast Rack play this game called, uh, oh, um, uh, yeah, the, watching them play this game called uh, Plate Up. And for those who do know me, 
or maybe you don't know me, you'll know now, I love cooking games. Like I love cooking Sim. I love Overcooked. I love Cook, Serve, Delicious. I loved cooking Mama. So you can guarantee if there's a game that has cooking in it, I'm pretty much going to go pick it up. Um, it was on sale for, I think, the Black Friday weekend on Steam. So that's when I ended up getting mine. Um, but what I like about it, it's, it's, it's a roguelite game. Um, so what I like about this compared to other cooking games, because a lot of people are like, oh, this just looks like Overcooked. Uh, like, in some elements, yes, maybe. But the cool thing is, is that the, when you finish a day, you get these little envelopes that pop up around your kitchen and you can actually use it to add upgrades like an extra stove Ooh. or an extra counter, an extra table. Uh, there might be like a cool decoration or something that might lower the patience of the customers coming in. And I like I so you can play it with up to four people. You can do it locally, you could do it online. You can play single player, like there is a single player mode that I tried. And I could only get as far as like day three mm. and then I struggled. Because another thing is, which I found really uh, challenging, uh, was that when you are cooking, whether it be near the stove or if customers are eating, they can basically leave a mess around. And it starts off as like a little puddle. So when you walk over it, it slows you down like just a tad. But then if you don't clean it up straight away, it will get bigger and bigger and really slow you down. So when you're trying to like run to the kitchen from the dining room because your pizza is just about to finish in the oven and it's on the like on the cusp of burning and you find yourself walking through a puddle, you could kiss goodbye to your food because it's gone. Like it's 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 very challenging in a good way and uh, as you obviously progress with every night, you get more money that you can use to buy some of those upgrades and stuff. Um, it's a different layout of that type of restaurant every time you fail or you know or, or you win for so the day. tables change formation well the actual layout like the kitchen layout and the dining room layout are different so mm. sometimes you might have a kitchen that might only have one door to the dining room or you might have a kitchen that has uh maybe counters that you can plate up stuff on which you can go around to the dining room and take things off so the layout changes every time which is really cool mm. um super customizable which i really liked and i think that's what separates it from games that get, it gets compared to like overcooked Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a game by uh, It's Happening and it's published by The Yogs Cast, uh, both of which I've never heard of before until I played this. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I think I have peer pressured a couple of people to, to also get it at the same time so we can play it together. Because, you know, there are, you know, even though it's got a single player mode, it is, I feel like, probably more suited yeah. to that multiplayer style. I feel like this is one of those sort of chaotic multiplayer games that you need a few people on and shouting out, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. Can exactly. you get this? Yeah. Whereas, like, when I was playing it, I was screen sharing it with Charlie Golf and, and Doormat. And uh, while I was doing it, they could hear me just mumbling and talking to myself because I've got, you know, I've got steak cooking on, like, the stove um, or steak cooking in the pan and then I'm trying to like take all these dirty dishes to clean up and you can only take one plate at a time like you can't oh. stack them uh, and yeah it's hectic but it's really really fun so it's not really like, a real weight person if you can't carry more than one plate at I a know, time really. it was yeah, annoying yeah. but then like like for example I haven't kind of seen many of the upgrades yet but one cool upgrade that I didn't get to have was like proper work boots so when you oh. do go over those bigger puddles you're, you're less likely to get slowed down. Mm. So, yeah, really, really cool. So if you like roguelites or you like cooking or you like boast, um, yeah, yeah, you should definitely try it. Yeah, look, listen, the steak, you don't even have a pan out. You just put it straight onto the stove, like, as it is. 
Like it's not even, I don't know how to explain it. This is probably going to show how little I do actual steak cooking, but what's wrong with putting a steak in a frying pan, White Monkey? Like how do you as just as put... As what? what? Yeah, do you put it on a barbecue? Or I know, I was like, going to say yeah, the same thing. But like even in the game, you don't even put, on, put it onto a pan. You put it directly onto the stove. Mm. And look, I'm no chef, but I know that's not right. Steak in a ceramic egg is great, says Gamma. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, there's so many different layers to some of the recipes mm. too. Like with like, there's there was a point where I had to make dessert, so you had to let's see if I remember it. You had to take the flour and knead the dough, and then once you knead the dough, you oh actually no, and then you had to like press the same interaction button to make it into like a pie. But then you also had to do the filling for the pumpkin pie, which means you had to take the pumpkin, cut up the pumpkin, but you got to take the seeds out first, chuck the seeds in the bin, and then you gotta cut up the pumpkin again, and then mix it in with the dough. And then put it on the stove, and then put it out, and like trying to do that all for one person. Oh, that's a lot. That yeah. oh man, I was I was raging, raging. So I I think I'm gonna give it another attempt, but I definitely recommend playing this one with friends. And I love the fact that it's local co-op. Nice, nice. I do like do like some me some local co-op there. And those are our bloody good games of the week. Thanks to Aussie Broadband. Thank you so much, Aussie Broadband, for Thanks. sponsoring that. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that we kind of forgot to do. Yeah, Before I wondered we, if you were going to remember. Yeah, no, you were kind of hoping I wouldn't because, mm. yeah, we're still doing November. It's the last day of November. So, um, yeah, and I don't know if you've noticed this fabulous moustache that I am growing right now. I actually, went, really I actually went and had a haircut today and got them to, like, do proper shave. Um, yeah, so I'm looking extra fabulous today. <laughs> but we have, we've had some donations, so we need to do some exercises. So I think yes. there's five, five reps each of our exercise of choice for those donations. So let's, uh, let's get used to it. Hey? Let's yes. get, get, to get on to it. Five star jump for me. I want to do my five squats again. In, oh. in those shoes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do them. And once again, I forgot to take my keys out of my pocket. Okay, I'm done. There we go. You can still donate as well. There is a link going around in chat if you have some spare money that you would like to uh, throw our way. We would very, very much appreciate it. And I'm sure Movember would very much appreciate it too. Yes, thank you to Natty for the latest donation that we Mm. had just in the little mini stream we did before while we were playing What's Next. So, Mm. um, So yeah, thank you so much. I heard. What do you got for a Stormy in your lightning recap? My lightning recap, actually, in terms of game releases, uh, was uh, pretty busy for one day in particular, which is this Friday. Uh, so this Friday, December 2nd, we have three games coming out. Uh, well, I mean, there's obviously more, more games than just that, but if we're talking about three big games coming out on Friday. We've got Callisto Protocol, Marvel's Midnight Suns, and Need for Speed Unbound. Uh, also, if you are a Game Pass member, you can play 10 hours of Need for Speed Unbound with EA Play, which I found out through the Game Pass uh, Twitter account today. So that was awesome. So definitely jump onto that if you're thinking about getting Need for Speed. Um, Those are three big releases. I know. Well, I said to you, I was like, I'm pretty sure Callisto comes out this week. And I'm sure Need for Speed's coming out, but maybe that was already out. And then when mm. I looked it up, it's like apparently, according to this website, they're all coming out on Friday. So, huge wow. day. Uh, so, let us know if you're grabbing any of those. And then next Tuesday, December 6th, I feel like I had to add this one in because the first one, first game was so big. Tuesday, December 6th, Hello Neighbor 2 oh. is coming out. I haven't played the first one yet. I've watched other people play the first ones. And I like, I know, like, for example, my little sister at the time when the first one was big, was into it because all the YouTubers and stuff were playing it. But again, I can't do 
people or things jumping out at me and like chasing me. I don't I don't like it. So Sounds like a stream game. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have uh, some of our latest Game on Oz reviews. There's actually quite a few of them actually from the last week we were here. We have the Rode X mic reviews uh, by Doom Cutie. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 review and a Walk of Yaya review by Dylan. Uh, we also have the Regency Cthulhu review by Royce, uh, Evil West review by Mikey and the Resident Evil Village DLC review by Gabriel. And Gabriel's actually covered both, well, I, I say both, there's more than one, uh, more than two. Uh, Gabriel's covered the Resident Evil DLC, the Mercenaries mode and the third person mode for Resident Evil Village. So, Ooh, wow, uh, big yeah, review. A, a big one, but I think really worthwhile reading if you are thinking about getting a review and just want to see if it's worth mm. all, the, all the cool new stuff that you get with it. Um, but yeah, there we go. There's my lightning recap. I always look forward to reading Royce's reviews of like the tabletop stuff because he loves his Call of Cthulhu tabletop Yeah, this stuff. Regency yeah. one looked really interesting. So yeah, definitely mm. go hit that up because that's, I mean, I don't know much about Call of Cthulhu, but I saw Regency and I was like, mm. huh? Well, I was re- reading his review because I don't know a whole lot about it either, but yeah. like apparently Call of Cthulhu is more sort of steampunky and in the 20, 1920s and 30s, but this one is going back to Regency England, which is kind of, you know, Jane Austen meets Call of Cthulhu. And I mean, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies work, so why not this? Yeah, you know? yeah. So, I mean, that, there's a really good variety of stuff out there for you to read, so make sure you go check it out on GameOnOz.com where you can also find all the previous episodes of the weekly show and Nuts and Bolts. So good. Love it. So we've got a bit of news this week. A couple of things in particular that I'd like to have a, a chat about. And one is some really awesome news from New Zealand in terms of their funding. So at the moment, they have a centre of digital excellence, which they call CODE. Um, and it's really quite good because it's helped a lot of devs get, get some games out there. Because um, in New Zealand, the total revenue for the video game industry just for New Zealand grew in the last year from 276 million New Zealand dollars to 407 million. So that's huge. that's a huge impact. That's not far off doubling. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's really really big and in response to that the New Zealand government is continuing to fund the code. Um currently they have a center in Dunedin. I think they're looking at expanding that out. Um but they've pledged an uh, 2.25 million per year for I think the next five years. Wow! So that's some some good funding for that centre, and it's it's really good to see because I like pre- preparing for the show. I was going through and having a look at what New Zealand games there are out there, and you know I kind of expected Bloons Tower Defence, my bloody good game of the week, thanks to Aussie Broadband, is made by a company called Ninja Kiwi, and yes, they are New Zealand. Well, I didn't know that for sure until mm. I looked this up, and also Mini Metro and um, Mini Motorways, which Natty did a review of Mini Motorways on GameOnOz.com not that long ago, and I've been playing that too, and that's quite fun. A crap ton, a metric crap ton of rugby games, which being New Zealand, you would expect that. But one that I didn't expect in there was Path of Exile. Mm, I didn't realise that until you told me. I mm. don't know how that kind of... I, I don't know how mm. I missed that that yeah, was a for, New Zealand-made game. For such a huge title, I can't believe that we've missed that it's made in the OCE region. Yeah? It's huge. Cannot wait, and and uh, you know it just it's more of these little indie dev type studios that are doing it, and that's why I'm still excited for Three Little Pixels as well when that comes up. So for those of you that um, haven't been listening to us for the last couple of weeks, rant on about it. Three Little Pixels is a platform that um, Pete Corelli, who's part of Game on Oz, 
is is working very hard and very diligently on in the background. Um, and that's getting to a point. Um, he was telling me this week they've tried, they've gotten to a point where they've been testing actually playing games on the platform. Oh, cool. It's very exciting, and there should be a beta coming in uh, in December sometime, I believe. But what makes this different from other platforms is that you pay as you play. So rather than just buying the game up front or subscribing to uh, a service like Game Pass and then just picking and choosing what games you want to play. If you pl- play a little bit of the game, you only pay a little bit of the game. So it's good for, for you, for, for gamers, so we can try out a game and see if we like it. If we don't, we can stop playing and we've only spent a little bit of money on it. And it's good for the devs because someone's tried their game and they get that little bit of money for it as well. Mm. Yeah. So I cannot wait to see that. And you can uh, register now at register.3littlepixels.com. So head over there. Register Secure if you haven't already. Get your gamer tag. I do believe as well, like the um, just just hearing it because Pete did an interview with Jerdman um, on last week or was end it? of last week? Yeah, I feel. yeah. Um, and they were talking about about uh, some more customization options coming to the the user menus at the moment. At the because mo- at the moment is very basic. But you know, if you got to, got to sign up, jump in the, the the three little pixels Discord, follow them on Twitter. And you will see amazing things coming from that platform with the focus on Australia to begin with, but I'm sure it will expand after that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. And I think if you do, you know, jump into the Discord server and things like that, you'll see a lot of uh, familiar names and faces there too, not just from Goa, but from the gaming community in general. So it's been really great to watch everyone get excited together and just to watch the Three Little Pixels community grow, I think is fantastic. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, so, in more sort of government news as it relates to video gaming, I'm sensing a bit of a theme here at the moment, but don't worry, our third story is going to, uh, going to break that open a bit. But um, loot boxes, what's your opinion on loot boxes, Stormy? Oh, they're a bit crummy, aren't they? I mean, there's, there's obviously the, the element of fun when you don't have to pay for a loot box, of course. But then when you get to the point where you end up paying for them to hope to get something, that whole situation's like... Uh, yes. Like I'm cringing at the moment for any audio listeners. I'm like, mm, like all, all I can think of is like um, Battlefront. Was it 2015? Star Wars Battlefront 2015 oh, and Battlefront the two. shit. Like, was it two? I can't. I, th- I can't remember which one it was. But one of the new Battlefront games, like, caused it. They were so shit. They caused some countries to ban them outright. Well, I think I, d- I don't remember if it was loot boxes directly. I thought it was more so. Uh, like, wasn't it Darth Vader being put behind a paywall? Well, uh, technically he wasn't, but they worked out you had to do play like something 20,000 hours of the game to actually earn it through through not paying. Yeah, or you pay this amount and you... Like, that, that kind of... That really ticks me off. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just like, for example, Overwatch was something that I... Like, that was probably my first loot box experience mm. was Overwatch. And, like, accumulating them just by playing the game just for fun and just seeing the thrill of whatever I get out was fine. And I didn't spend a single cent on it. But I think the difference here as well is, because I think Overwatch, you get skins in loot boxes, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, but it's not like a, uh, I think I know what you're saying, like it's yeah. not like you paid to yeah. get and, something and that was Yeah, and that was the problem with Battlefront in particular, yeah. was and the ongoing sporting games like FIFA, because... Oh, with the, the good, the good packs and stuff yeah, like that. So yeah, so the good players or good 
um, abilities in the game are locked behind loot boxes. So if you get if you buy more loot boxes, yeah, you're going to get better like. stuff in the game. That that's, I don't like. that's crap. Yeah. yeah. But um, here in Australia, there's been a few things that have happened over the years. So in 2018, there was a study done, an Australian study that concluded that loot boxes met the psychological criteria for gambling, but not the legal definition of it. Um, and then in 2020, there was a House of Representatives Standing Committee that made loot box regulations one of its six recommendations in protecting the Age of Innocence report. So you can already see that there's not a lot of love uh, at, at the levels of government and reporting for loot boxes. Well, I but think they're just starting to catch on a little bit. They're going, hmm, something's not right about this. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I quite – I like – that we're saying that because I know there's some other countries that have brought in regulations that you have to show the chances of winning these items from the loot boxes. Yeah. Um, and was it? I'm trying to remember if it was the Netherlands or Belgium that banned it, banned loot boxes Completely? outright. Yeah. yeah. So you can't get games in that whatever country that is with with loot boxes. Yeah. Um, and hopefully here in Australia soon we will be getting some more regulations. So Andrew Wilkie, who is an independent MP here in Australia in the federal federal government, um, is introducing some a bill to the federal parliament which would effectively classify any game with loot boxes as R18. So How do we – what do we think about that? What do you think about that? I think it's great because I hate loot boxes with a passion. Mm. Um, and I, I think that – Sorry, I should I should probably rephrase that a little bit um, because I I hate loot boxes when they're pay to win. Yeah. So so the FIFA stuff and the um, and the the Battlefront NBA, stuff Battlefront. NBA yeah. When when it's just cosmetics, I don't care about cosmetics, so I don't care about the loot boxes well, in there. Yeah, um, I feel like that like that distinguish like you know. Um, not distinguish, distinction. Mm. Oh my god, it's the heat, isn't it? it the really distinction is. between cosmetics, you know, that are just for fun, just for show. Mm. You know, no one's forcing you to. Actually, let's be honest. No one's forcing anyone to have to pay for the extra stuff in the game. But when there are loot boxes and stuff that you know allow you to get a one up on other people who don't spend money, mm. that's why I feel like it gets a bit shitty. Yeah. Um. But you know, I think. Calling, like classifying R18, I think, is definitely bringing awareness of the severity of the issues that games like this bring. Whether they'll get as specific with the loot boxes like we just have and say cosmetic or otherwise, mm-hmm. and you know maybe put that classification on pay to win, or they'll just straight out blanket put it on any loot box related game. I think it's good for s- people to still be aware of that though, because whether it is skins or whether it is pay to win. It is still a form of gambling where you don't mm. know what you're going to get and you're going to pay for money for it. So especially if we're talking about kids and stuff as well, I don't yep. mind if that rating goes on any any loot box related game. Yep. And and honestly, here in Australia, I feel like we've got already got enough of a, a gambling culture. If it's not like so many different little stalls popping up in uh, around Melbourne Cup. You know, just come and come and have a bit here. I, I worked when I worked in the city. You walk in there, and like there'd be little pop-up stalls on the side of the road on, on the way to work, where you could just pop in and have a bet. Um, and and even stuff like you go to um, iPlay or Time Zone, and there's those ticket machines, or you put the coin in there and you try and gamble where it's going to come out. And yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I feel that it's pervasive enough 
in Australia at the moment. I, I'm supportive of anything that uh, that that limits it. And there, White Monkey in chat has said making them R18 is fine, but like GTA etc., parents will buy the game for their 12 year olds anyway. And yes, that that may be true. But if you put it in, if you make classify it as R18, it has to be kept in a different section to to the other rated games um, and. There, there is an extra level of culpability. Yes, the parents will probably still buy it for them because they'll go, little Johnny wants this, so I'm just going to buy it. Um, so, And it will probably still happen, but it's an extra layer in front of it for parents that maybe don't know about things, that, that just go, oh, maybe I shouldn't buy this for my kid. Well, that's the thing. Like, if, like, if what White Monkey says is true, because obviously I... Like, my sister's not close to 18, and I'm sure as hell not buying GTA for her. Um, you know, if, if, it, if it's true that parents will just go and buy the games for their 12-year-olds anyway, regardless of what the classification is, you know, it just makes me wonder, and obviously it's not all parents, but whether how far into research or kind of look into the games that their kids want and be like, okay, what is the content of this game? Mm-hmm. At least these games that maybe are... M or you know MA even, and the kid wants it, and then it requires loot boxes. Uh, when they see that rating, they'll be like, "Oh, okay, actually, what is this?" But is everyone going to be like that? I don't know. Um, I, yeah. I think anything where it starts to make it more obvious helps. Yeah, because you will have those that are they're kind of ignorant to it, and those that don't listen. Like I had a friend once that bought Deadpool for her three kids to watch as a movie and it's just like you know that's R18 right you go oh no and she ended up taking it it's just because she's not paying attention to it and yeah. but the education of it I think and and I also think it's an important step to show video game creators that this is a shitty tactic of using please don't do it anymore yeah. um, I think just like signifying it you know and creating that awareness of it I think is what you're saying as well yeah. it's just you know, for them to take it to this next level and be like, okay, yeah, this really is a really crappy thing to do and it shouldn't be done and should be discouraged. And if, you know, what you're saying about that study that concluded that loot boxes met psychological criteria for gambling, this is just going to make the discussion even more prominent. I would like to think. But again, what you said with the Deadpool example, for example, yeah. uh, are people still going to bother to take notice? Like GTA, does GTA have any gambling stuff in there? I haven't played GTA. I'm, I haven't really either, but I know it's R18. Yeah, like yeah. I know that's like, for, for example, whether it does or whether it doesn't have gambling, uh, if, like, l- let's say hypothetically it didn't, but then they added to the classification that it did have gambling, is that still going to stop anyone from buying it or have everyone second, second it, guess their purchase? It might. And, and, and this is the thing about these sorts of regulations it's you're always going to get the people that will ignore them and buy it for their kids anyway but it prevents kids walking up with their christmas money and go i want to get this yeah um and and maybe bypassing a like a parental figure to try and do it my only thing though now that i think about it if you know uh, there's obviously if this comes into effect and there's obviously going to be more games that will become r18 Mm. if it did is that going to take away from people looking at the actual content of the game? Because, like, like, for FIFA, for example, mm. the actual content isn't R, but, you know, going to buy FIFA that was once G, 
and then going, oh, it's R18, the only reason it's R18 is for the gambling, I'm going to get it anyway. Is that going to affect the decision-making when it comes to actual uh, violence, gore, um, you know, sex-related content? Like, is that going to... Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I I, I do. And you're you're worried that having a game like FIFA in an R18 category would... would, uh, persuade people that other R18 games aren't, uh, aren't as, as bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and I think... Um, or could they have a separate, not the Australian classification, but some other kind of well, thing I'm, to I'm, put on the... Make them put on the packaging and be like, this is a serious gambling um, well, there, there's two. There's two things I will say to that. One, as part of the bill that Andrew Wilkie is introducing, um, there's going to be warning labels that say this game has loot boxes on the game. Mm. So that's one way you would know. And two, I'm not sure about R18, but I know MA15 Plus and even PG have those extra little bits they put on it. So, like, you might be... Online interactivity. Yeah, or even PG supernatural themes or... Yeah. Yeah, and and stuff like that. So I can't see why there wouldn't be something like that that they could put on with an R18 game and say, R18, loot boxes. Or gambling. Or gambling. Like, I feel like I've seen the gambling one in the occasional R18 game. Mm. Uh, like like on the classification, but yeah, I just it just makes me wonder if FIFA gets grouped up in the same category as The Last of Us, or oh, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, Doom? No, was no Doom. Doom is Doom Eternal was R18. I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, yeah. No, oh, or was it Doom 20? Like the 2016. One yeah. yeah. Anyway, like you know what I'm trying to say. Like putting FIFA NBA in that same bracket of those R18 games. With, like, that black sticker on it, you know, is that going to, I don't know, make people just go, oh, yeah, well, if, you know, can't get, if Mm. I can get FIFA, then I'm sure, Mm. you know, little Maddie can Mm -hmm. get, I don't know, something else. You know what I mean? Like, I, like. Here's here's a question for you, though. Um, So, this is focusing on loot boxes, but what if it focused on gambling full stop? So, that would be quite a big difference and it could mean anything with a card game in it almost would be gambling Mm. and i I guess it would depend on on how they defined it yeah yeah it's an interesting one isn't Mm. it like it's a whole can of worms to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of so i'm interested Mm. to see where yeah because this this only got announced yesterday so um i'm not sure when the next sitting day of federal parliament is i'm pretty sure that they're into the last days of sitting parliament, so I'll be interested to see how this pans out and yeah. if, if it gets any support because it, it, was, it was backed by, um, I think, uh, Liberal, someone from the Liberal National Party. So Andrew Wallace from the Liberal National Party. Um, so that, given that it has the backing of someone from the N- NLP, it could yeah. be that, that it, it sees a little bit of light of day. I would like to think that kind of, again, going back to what I was saying before, if they were going to try and have a prominent um, statement on the packaging and stuff, rather than have it in the black, you know, little rectangle that says R18, mm. maybe there should be some kind of stamp or sticker or something on there to separate the two, you know, so you could still have FIFA, the game's rated G, but some awareness where, you know, from the Australian government or the classification services or whatever, where they go, this is a game that contains gambling. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that, that comes along. And even if it does get through and become law, it'll probably still be at least, you know, a year or two to 
to actually come into effect. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. That's it. So uh, you know, we talk a bit about movies in there, about you know about people buying the wrong movies wrong for movies. their kids. Yeah. Overnight, a trailer dropped. For oh, a very family friendly yeah, movie. Yeah, a, a much more family friendly movie that's definitely not going to be R18. Um, and that was for the new Super Mario Brothers movie. And you know what? I'm cautiously optimistic yeah, about this. I'm a bit more on board with this new trailer now because, I mean, not that I didn't like the one before. Obviously, it was just a little teaser. But this one, I don't know. I want to know first why you enjoyed this one. I, I think it's hitting all the right. Points. I think the people doing the voices uh, are do like from the first trailer. I I was expecting Jack Black to just be Jack Black as yeah, Bowser. Yeah, me too. And but the fact that he's doing a voice that actually sounds Rambly. like how you think Bowser would sound, yeah. I'm really loving that. Um, I I'm loving Toad's voice in it. Um, yeah, because I, I think Toad. the voices is, is where I get hung up the most, and yeah. and especially because we've had since, what was it, Super Mario 64, where Charles Martinet has been the voice of Mario, Luigi, and, and Wario, and I think Waluigi as well. And, and like, it, he's, it's an iconic voice. And if you're doing something different, you have to really make it stand yeah. out. And, and that's why part of the reason why I'm still cautiously optimistic about it is I don't like Chris Pratt no, as me Mario. Either. Me either. And, like, there was... I don't, I don't know because I can't unhear his voice. Because unlike Jack Black, his voice sounds like his voice, right? Chris Pratt doesn't have any other. He's not a voice actor. He, no, he can't he just change plays himself. Yeah, kind of that, like, it. and I hate to say it because I do like the guy. Like, kind of like Ryan Reynolds, where mm. I feel like he plays himself in oh, every yeah. single movie. And I, I mean, full full credit to them. Like, they've made a, a career out of just being themselves. Yeah, well, at least embody that kind of personality mm. that they're known for, like being typecast. Like, mm. But then in some in some cases, and I mean, there's a bit of bias here because I do have some favourite actors in, in this cast as well, like Charlie Day does not sound like Luigi, but oh my God, when I've watched him in Always Sunny in Philadelphia and he's got that panicked, worried kind of tone expression that he's known for, mm. I feel like that just fits fabulously yep. with Luigi. So when I heard him speak in that trailer, I don't know if anyone else has watched it yet, um, the, the new trailer, because I don't want to spoil too much, but hearing his voice, I was like, this this makes sense. Yeah. And I, I, But then on the, on the flip side as well, if we're moving away from Mario, I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I, like, she's got like a, like a very pretty voice, but I, maybe because we're so used to hearing... Each. Yeah, I was expecting pitch. it a bit higher. I don't yeah. know. I think I just after like what you said about Jack Black's voice being so like deep and gravelly mm. and how you expect it. Uh, some people have kind of kept to the normal voice and some haven't. And yeah. in some cases, it has worked. And I feel like it doesn't work so in some spots. Some of the castings, I feel like they've been made for the name of the person that's been that they've cast it. Like Chris Pratt's one of them. Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy. Joy, yeah. I, think, I, I, I hope feel, I'm getting her name right. I feel like she's also one of them because after was it the Queen's Gambit? Yeah, she was yeah. riding high, and I I think she's kind of another one that's been done for her name. But I don't have as big a problem with her voice as I do with Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? This is really random. A mini tangent. She, I think she dressed up as Peach for Halloween. Did as well. you? Oh, really nice. cute. Yeah. Um, who else? We didn't hear Seth Rogen's voice. Peter no, and, and that that. Annoyed me a little bit because they brought him in to interview before the the showing of the um, the trailer. Oh, really? 
for yeah. The, so oh, so he like it worse. yeah, and and Donkey Kong appears, but he doesn't actually talk. And he's another no. one where he's got a very distinctive voice, and I don't. I don't know if I'd like it if he's going to talk as he normally does yeah, as, as Donkey too. Kong. Yeah. yeah. Who are, is there anyone else in there that we might have missed? I feel like we covered everyone. Because um, the other toads sound almost like a bit more cutesy than yeah. main toad, which I, I, which I kind of like. There's a bit of variety. But mm. I feel like, and maybe this is if you didn't want to watch the trailer until the movie, maybe just cover your ears or whatever. Mm. That Mario Kart bit. Oh, it was so good. Like, oh, uh, oh I just that made me so happy. Yeah. That made me so happy. Um, yeah. That and even like the little parts of where it looks like the platforming game and stuff, and mm. you know having the the dummy um, the dummy block yeah. that he jumps onto and then it, and then it falls. Like I I, I just yeah. Like the, that the, it's like the, it was a training montage and like yeah. the donut that just falls away and all of a sudden he's jumped on it. Hey, I did it, and then falls. It falls yeah. through. I yeah. I like the fact that they are. Uh, compared to some other games, which I'm sure we'll get into in a minute, mm-hmm. uh, are actually kind of staying true to that yeah. source material. And even when it comes down to the visuals and the looks, like, like yeah, it's pretty pretty close. Mm. Like, uh, landscape, like, sorry, um, not landscape. Mushroom Kingdom, well, like Mushroom scenery, Kingdom. yeah. Yeah, all of that looks very Nintendo Mario-esque. Mm. And even the characters, like, there's no one I think I can think of that I don't like the look of. They yeah. look pretty okay. Except... except um, Mario's butt. Have you have you looked at all that online? Yes, like there was a no, whole thing was, after the first no, trailer it wasn't about even about Mario's butt. The stuff I was seeing on Twitter was about Donkey Kong's butt. They was were it? like they, oh. took, they were like they took away Mario's, but they kept Donkey you Kong's in, <laughs> and someone zoomed in, and that was like the first thing I saw from uh, the trailer was someone tweet about that. Um, mm. <laughs> but you know, each to their own. Um, yeah, no, I like you. Am feeling pretty good. Yeah, about this. Y- you just know, don't like the music. I don't know what they've done with the theme yeah, song. Yeah, they've jazzed, forced, they've jazzed up the, the theme song a little bit, and I'm not sure I like that. I, I'm a very like traditional the, sort of person when it comes to my Mario theme. It's just such an overdone thing, yeah. and it's a little random. It's such an overdone thing when you take a well-known song and you've got to slow it down. You're going to make Actually, it you know, fancy. this is off-topic a little bit, but I started watching 1899 on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it at the moment, about halfway through, but the reason I bring this up is because the theme song is a remixed version of White Rabbit by yeah. Jeff Jefferson Airplane, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a, an Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. Yeah. And I started listening to it, and the song fits the show. But, well, the rendition of the song fits the show, but I don't like that version of the song. Yeah, It's yeah. Not, a good ver- not a good version like of it. It's such an overdone trope of where trailers would get a well-known song, they'll mm-hmm. have someone else cover it or the, there'll be a different type of orchestral arrangement like mm. they've done in the Mario one. And I'm like, you could have just played the original Mario music. Yeah. Or like had a build-up to the Mario music or something mm. like that. Um, but maybe I'm just being nitpicky. But one thing we can be forever grateful for is it's not the 90s Mario's movie. Have, have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. Don't. It is bad like when you hear stories it's live action isn't it yeah and, oh God. and it's got here's the thing like you you say mario movie bob hoskins as mario if you had don't if you don't know who bob hoskins is go and look him up um you might have seen hook he was smee in hook if you've seen oh, he was um eddie, eddie valiant and who framed roger rabbit the detectives yes. in that yeah yeah and i i look at a mario that's who i see as a mario yeah. um and john leguizamo as luigi and both those two, I can look at them and go, I love the, that casting. 
and the movie was just terrible. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Dennis Hopper is Bowser. I don't know who was smoking for that uh, that particular casting, but my God. Yeah, I I have to confess I haven't seen it. Um, but just, sorry, you just reminded me talking about Mario and about tracking here. Mm. I kind of wish they had Charles Martinet as Mario. Yeah, I I can kind of get see why they didn't because like he does a lot of voices and try and look. Charles Martinet is old now. I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and, but yeah, and I, I he's still going to be involved in the movie from what I heard. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the Toad voices are him. Did he do Toad voices? I'm, I'm not sure if he yeah. did or not, but, but I, like at least a, a voice cameo or hmm. something like that. I I would imagine they would do that, but yeah. oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know. I just wish. <coughs> just wish Mario sounded like Mario. Like, if, yeah. if any character was going to sound exactly like the video game one, should be Mario. Yep, exactly. Um, but anyway, sorry. I went on a bit of a tangent then just because I yeah. just feel like uh, Charles Martinet got a little bit robbed there. Yeah. That's fine. Moving on. Uh, we're talking about... Um, the other video game movies. So other, Yeah, we were going to talk about other video game movies. So I've, I've had my dig at the original Super Mario Brothers movie. You and know you, which one I'm going to say. I, I do, but I want to hear you say it. No, it's Resident Evil. I So, obviously, my first dance with Resident Evil was in the games I like loved, obsessed with, but I hadn't watched any of the Mila Djokovic ones. Mm. Uh, and I went, okay, I'll watch them because uh, one of my friends who was responsible for getting me into the games were like, look... It's not great, but they're iconic. Like, they're, like, you know, early thousands, kind of, like, you should still watch it. And I watched the first one or two, and my first thought is, why, for the love of God, have they just gone and created a new, like, a whole new character, Alice, when they have several different characters they could have used to lead their movies? And I don't even think I've watched them all. I think I've watched the first two. Yeah. The only reason I liked two was because Jill was in it, and Jill actually looked like Jill from the games, which I actually really appreciated. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I, when Welcome to Raccoon City, it was oh my the God. last one that had. Have you seen it? I've I've okay. seen it. It was terrible. Yeah. So when that came out, I you know, uh, my, that same friend and I were messaging each other pictures of the set, and we we're like, oh my God, this looks straight from the game. Um, I loved the cast. I loved everyone in that cast. I don't care that Leon doesn't look like Leon because I think the actor themselves is really, really cool. So that's a whole other separate tangent. I will not go on tonight. Shut up. Uh, But, yeah, I just think um, the characters were done a disservice. I think it comes down to the writing. Um, Mm. Yeah, it it was not well written. No. I loved loved the nods it had to the game, like especially two. Like I know like the, the whole story was writing on the storyline from Resident Evil 2. It, like, the little, like the little details they did so well, like things like the keys that you would get in the, in the mm. police department, um, even the shot of, and this is me just being a big nerd, so hang in there with me at the moment, there's a shot of a guy in a truck eating a burger really messily and sloppily. That is the beginning of Resident Evil 2 and that's such an iconic first little s- shot and they recreated it and that was like one of the first shots of the movie <laughs> and I went, oh my God, this got to be great. This is, they're going to nail it. And then, like, Leon, who was this, like, strong, like, rookie cop character, was, mm. like, the butt of the joke yeah, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I went, what are you doing? Like, you were almost, like, you could have made a really great, accurate movie. And then, did you watch the post-credits scene of that? I can't remember. Oh, God. Okay. It's been out long enough and it's crappy enough that I feel like I don't 
really care to spoil the end credit scene because um, you know Wesker's known for in the video games for having the sunglasses. Mm. And I think you're meant to believe at the end of the movie he's dead and then in the end credit scene he's found in some room, I'm going to laugh, stranded on his own and, like, someone turns the light on and he's like, I can't see, I can't see oh, and he, like, grabs his sunglasses oh. and then, like, Ada Wong walks in, which is awesome, like, she mm. looks fantastic, but the whole movement into the iconic sunglasses was so corny and it was like, I, I, I couldn't look away. Anyway. Yeah. That was Resident Evil. That, that was my one. That I feel like got done really dirty multiple times. Tell you what, one video game movie that is so bad that it's good is Street Fighter. Like, I, I absolutely, like, it's one of my guilty pleasures. And, like, most of it in it, you look at it and you go, uh, okay. In some of the cast, you've got um, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile. You've got Kylie Minogue as Cammy. I can't even remember the actors they got for Ken and Ryu, but Ming-Na Wen was Chung-Li. Yes. Um, but I've seen a photo of her because I really like her as an actress, yeah. um, but I've never seen the movie. Yeah, but the best casting in that by far was Raul Julia as M. Bison. Like, he just hams it up. He's having the time of his life just doing, like, megalomaniac villain stuff. And it's just so good to watch. I loved it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's, it's your, like, guilty pleasure, like, video yeah. game movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just popcorn, trashy stuff. And it, it's, it is a little bit sad, though, because it is the last movie that Raul Julia made before he died. And for those that don't know who I'm talking about, if you remember the 90s Adams Family movies, that's Raul Julia. That Gomez Adams in that was Raul Julia. I don't know if I have, like, a guilty pleasure, like, video game movie. Like, like Mortal Kombat, the new Mortal Kombat, I've seen the old ones, and they're, like, not too bad. Mm. I didn't mind them. Uh, but the new Mortal Kombat, I really enjoyed. Um, for the silliness and fun and gore of it. Yeah, I, I thought the martial artist three in it was good, mm. um, but I don't need to know where their powers came from. Just give me yeah. Fireball Man oh, doing his stuff. And, but when you've got to bring out this Arcana stuff, it's just, like, yeah. But again, that was another example of them creating this whole new character. I can't remember what his name was. The main oh, guy. yeah, the, the descendant of Scorpion, yeah. Yeah, or whatever it is. Uh, to have a new character in, when you already have... Coulson. A large catalogue yeah. of characters to already pick from. Mm. And it just, yeah, I don't know, it made me sad. Um, just quietly, Kano carried that movie. Was he it, did. What's his name, Lawson, the Australian Josh actor? Lawson, yeah. Can I tell you yeah. something? Yeah. I met him. Oh, uh, because when they did the Mortal Kombat 11 premiere in Perth, I don't know if you know, the, the director's from Perth. Oh. Um, and he was there answering questions at the beginning, and Josh Lawson was also there oh, too, nice. so I had a photo of both of them. And they're lovely. They were so nice. Because I think it was filmed in Adelaide as it well. It was. It was yeah. filmed in South Australia. Um, but if we're going to talk about movies, I definitely do like video game-wise. Um, and I did forget about this the last time we had this discussion about it, was uh, the Detective Pikachu movie. Mm. I feel like that was an instance of, you know, there was still true to Pokemon, but they did, like, I do remember seeing those Pokemon in 3D for the first time. Like, Pikachu, fine, but remember, like, when you saw Bulbasaur I'm and uh, all of that? I'm going to hand in my nerd card here and say I'm not that big a fan of Pokemon. Well, I like it, but I, like, if I didn't play the, like, the Game Boy one, so well, I, I, I knew the Pokemon. I've only played one Pokemon game to start to finish, and that was Pokemon Pearl, like mm. on the DS. But as just a Pokemon, like fan of the Pokemon characters in general, it was just something really surreal and nice about seeing all of them walk amongst... Like, mm. I don't know. That, yeah. I feel like that was a good example of a game that was like kind of true to the... The uh, foundation of like the Pokemon franchise, 
but also still had its own did its own thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as the hedgehog's good too. I remember yeah. One I reckon that copped a lot of flack that it didn't deserve the Final Fantasy movie because I think that was I early two thousand. I didn't even know there was one. Until yeah, it up. well, um, so not not like a movie or based on like Final Fantasy seven or because like there was Advent Children, which was a Final Fantasy seven one after the game. Um, so in like there was Cloud and dealing with a bit of grief from Aerith dying and. Zach and that sort of stuff, but there was um, the fi- there was a f- Final Fantasy movie. I forget. I want to say like early two thousand because I'm pretty sure I was driving by then. But it was entirely CG at the time. It was an amazing feat for the to- for the day. But and I think I, I would even go out on a limb to say it even still looks reasonably good now. Um, but the problem is is that you are making a Final Fantasy movie. And it's the same issue that Warcraft had as well, because the Warcraft movie I quite enjoyed. I liked the Warcraft movie, but you were trying to cram so much lore mm. into one hour and a half, two hour movie. I feel like that's what Welcome to Raccoon City did too. They tried to merge uh, the game number two and number three together into one movie, um, mm. and I was like, oh. There's a lot of characters to play with here. There's at least four or five main big ones from the game. Mm. You're all trying to introduce, get the audience to know and like. Um, but yes, I agree with Charlie Golf as well. I do like the Angelina uh, Jolie, Jolie Tomb Raider movies. Um, these yep. were probably my first, I would argue to say that was probably my first video game movie that I watched without realising it was based off a video game. Yeah. Did you see the new one with, was it Alicia Vikander? Yeah, uh, I know which one you're talking about, but I mm. haven't seen it. Was that I, any good? I quite liked it. Like it was, it still had a bit of supernatural stuff in it. Yeah. And once again, I I don't really know Tomb Raider all that well, but it did. It felt a little bit grittier, like mm. not not in the tone. Or though that was, it was. Mm. A, it'd be hard not to be grittier than than the Angelina Jolie ones. Yeah. Um. But. Like, it, it, I don't know, it kind of felt most of it was grounded in reality. It felt mm. like uh, someone that was, you know, making their own bow and arrow and, and stuff like that. So it felt, it felt quite, uh, quite good like that, I, th- I feel. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any other ones we've really missed apart from, I mean, obviously Mario doesn't come out until April next year. Mm. Uh, not quite video games, but if we want to get really technical... Um, it's the, a game. The, the Dungeons and Dragons yeah. movie I'm quite looking forward to. I think that did get delayed, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm quite looking forward to that. I think if they really play into the character types and stuff, as I imagine, like, exactly what kind of what the trailer did, I'm pretty excited for it. Again, yeah. I, I've played, I've dabbled in a couple of, not even, like, full games, but just a few rounds of playing D&D with people, and I mm. love the concept and what it offers. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I excited to see that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had um, Chatterbox Review say in chat, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is more a comic book movie, I Wait, would is think. is it a comic book movie? Or it, it started off as a graphic... No, I think it started off as a graphic novel first. Because we were actually talking about that yeah. before we came into the studio today because I have not seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World. You can all come cancel me now. But um, that, that just, one... Just quietly, like... Oh, what's his name? Michael Cena? Yeah. Yeah, I... I have a hard time with him because I think I feel like he's like Ryan Reynolds where he's just playing himself. himself. And I love the meme where you know, he walked onto set one day and people thought he was an actor and now things have gone too far and yeah. it's too awkward for him to back out so now he just is an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I but yes, I it is a very good movie. I do yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I can't think of any any other ones. I think I've pretty much rattled off all my favourites. I just wish Resident Evil just got it right for once. Yeah. Yeah. It had so much potential. That last one, it makes me cross whenever I think about it. Thoughts on games based on movies. So they can be good. And I want to point out this one because oh, it's, it's hilarious say. to me that this happened. But Street Fighter the movie got a game. And I'm not talking about the Street Fighter series of games, with, you know, being able to play that. But Street Fighter the game got made into Street Fighter the movie. And then there was Street Fighter the movie, the game. And that just blows my mind that they didn't just go, well, this is based on a game and here it is and it's really good. But instead, we're going to make a shitty fighting game and put you know, the, the models of Jean-Claude Van Damme and Kylie Minogue and Ming-Na Wen in, in the game. Do you know what games are very good based on movies? And it, you can all fight me on this. Mm-hmm. The Lego games. Lego Star yeah. Wars. Lego Avengers. I'll give you Lego that. Indiana Jones. They are good fun. They I are good like fun. Mm. Um, I feel like because they, they follow the story like fairly well. Uh, oh, back in the day when they did... <laughs> when they did uh, the Harry Potter games. Those were yeah. really fun. I feel like, like video games based on movies aren't a big thing anymore. Like, Yeah, what they're doing, they are doing that Avatar game. Do you remember? Avatar, uh, Avatar uh, Frontiers of Pandora or something? Oh, uh, yeah. That was no. ages ago. I don't know. But, like, even... Um, like I'm trying to think back, think back to my one. youth, like... Aladdin and the Lion King games are probably two that get remembered. Yes, I actually, I actually own when they did that collection, that remastered collection. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it yet, but everyone tells me it's really they hard. They are stupid hard. Oh, really? Because like, this is still back in the day when, you know, video games were still semi-arcade games. So they, yeah. they were designed to separate people from their money. And so you had lives... And if you run out of lives, you died. And they, and they made video games hard so that when you died, you had to put another quarter or another dollar in the yeah. machine and yeah we hadn't quite moved out of there yet and even i look at super star wars on the super nintendo most of that has nothing to do with the movie mm. you fight a lava monster in the bottom of the jawa sand crawler to get r2 back like it is it's whack it's yeah. whack <laughs> it's probably the best way i can i can say that but um yeah like, I'm trying to think of other like more recent video games based on like the yeah, un- the one i can sort of re- there was there was an X-Men game that came out just before X-Men 3 did and it was it I was I feel like I had that X-Men game Yeah and it was it was a um a lead in to X-Men 3 because it kind of explained a bit why Nightcrawler wasn't in in X-Men 3 Yeah right. um and I do remember that because you could play as Wolverine Nightcrawler or Iceman um mm. and that w- that was quite good fun I like that but that you know, while it was a movie tie-in, it wasn't a movie video game. But you're right, they haven't done that very much anymore. Maybe only kids kids stuff I've seen. Like, yeah. uh, Miraculous Ladybug had a video game come out a couple of weeks mm. ago. Or there's several Paw Patrol games. Don't ask me how I know, I just know. Um, Don't lie. I yeah. want, yeah, I want right. to, you like love them, you no, love them. I love yeah. Paw Patrol. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, or, or, or actually, um, I've got a friend that... Really loves horses. Um, and they oh my god! Did the Saddle Club make a video game? Okay, wait. <laughs> Not recently, but when I was a kid, oh there was a Saddle Club game. Oh my god! They ma- oh wow! No, there was a Saddle Club game that I played on PC. It was like an open world, open world game, 
open world saddle club game. And you could ride your horses everywhere. You could, you could, oh my God, it was the best. I have to, I have to find a video and link it to you and show you. Mm. But that was like the bee's knees um, when I was very little yeah. on the PC. There was a saddle club game. Yeah. Um, but no, what I was going to say was the last, they did, a, they did a new animated movie of Spirit, but more for mm. like a younger audience. And they came up with a game with that as well. Yeah. So I feel like maybe more for kids were seeing it. Yeah. I feel like it's probably easier to do that sort of thing as well. Cause, Familiarity? Well, but also because, like, if you... It, it's harder to do it with more adult content. Like, because you, you, you go and make a, a Deadpool game and you're not going to make that G-rated or PG-rated to kids. You're going to make it R-rated and you're, you're limiting your... Um, Audience base. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, but I think even for kids, it's just as simple as getting to be Miraculous Ladybug or getting to yeah. be Sky from Paw Patrol. Like, that kind of novelty there, I think, is still pretty strong with the younger ones. Mm. Whereas, like, you know, for us, like, for example, if we have Gotham Knights, no, we don't just want to play Nightwing. We want to play a good game. You know, yeah. like, there's more to it. That's it. Like, yeah. it's quite easy, I feel like, to play some kids. I'm surprised they have I don't think there's a Bluey game. But oh, yeah. hasn't decided to make a Bluey game yet. Oh, it's hap- It's got to happen. Surely it's got to happen. Like you're sitting on a, like a gold mine right there. Yeah. Um, but yes, sorry, Natty and Chatterbox, I think as well. Um, we did talk about Sonic earlier. We did mm. quite enjoy both of them. Yeah. But I think I'm exhausted of ideas of in terms of a list of other yeah. video game things that are coming to mind. Because I feel like we always circle back <laughs> to this yeah. every couple of months or so. Know, well, because there's, there's so much stuff out there and like... If you expand it and talk about TV shows as well, oh God, like we could be here for another oh, hour. Oh yeah, TV we shows. could. But I think I think um, that's probably for another day. Uh, if you've got a favourite video game based on a movie or TV show, or a TV show or or movie based on a video game, let us know on Twitter at Game on Oz. Um, we're all more than happy to hear about all that sort of stuff. Yes, there was a Need for Speed movie, and it yes. starred Aaron Paul. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. But, um, but right. yes, yeah. we're, we're going to get on. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for sticking with us as we got through those technical difficulties. Um, thank you to... I've uh, forgotten the name but of the uh, big... Big Potato Games. Big Potato Games. Sorry for, for sending us what next. Um, yeah. Really cool co-op board game. You should go and check that out. And uh, thanks, Aussie Broadband. Thanks, Aussie Broadband. And thank you to everybody, not just for listening, but for those that have donated to our November campaign, given that it's the end of November... Please, rem- um, if you do have some spare dollars, please, uh, please donate. We've we had a couple come through, and we got even hotter doing those exercises here. But lucky yes. for us, those stop when November finishes. Yep. So tomorrow is the first of first uh, of December. But so summer's already in full force. Oh so. my god, it is. It was thirty seven degrees yesterday. I don't know what it got to today, but in here it must be. Feels like thirty seven. Oh, it's crazy. But anyway, we will see you all uh, next week. Um, I will probably see you tomorrow night for Nuts and Bolts, but you know, we'll be back here in the studio next week, um, hopefully sans audio issues, but yes, we will definitely be here. And yeah, bye. Bye.